Welcome to Go Meet, a wrestling podcast. We have Justin here via phone call. What's up, buddy? What's up, man? Let's get into SmackDown. Start out with a 911, uh, 9-11. I apologize if that offended anybody. A 9-11 um, tribute by the WWE. They were constant through the show as the WWE returned to New York. Uh, for the first time in a couple of years and also on the eve of the anniversary, 20 year anniversary of 9-11 uh, as most people do know that no wrestling, the first time we gathered a lot of people together post the the, the terrorist uh, tragedy event that happened here, it was Vince's Smackdown that did that and it was a point, and they they do they emphasize a lot with baseball, Mike P. And they showed it here after Bush's speech. They showed Bush's speech, and then they gave highlights of us getting back to some form of normalcy. And one of those big moments was in the first inning at the Mets game when Piazza hits the home run. Yeah, and it's funny because Piazza states when he talks about that at bat that he was he had two strikes on him. And he was kind of overwhelmed by the moment he said, because it was bigger than it was, it was bigger than a playoff game in a lot of ways, right? And I want to say he literally said, if I'm misquoting him, I apologize, but basically he didn't really even see the ball, like, but he hit it square and he drove that sucker. Because Piazza, you know, when he was with the Dodgers, they used to call him the strongest man in Southern California. That dude was a beast, and when he turned on mm-hmm. that sucker, man, he drove it out of the ballpark, and and you had. Everybody kind of getting caught up in a sports moment, and all of a sudden you're not thinking about stuff, right? The the awful stuff, and that's what yeah, that's what wrestling has been able to give us a lot. They, they did it for us during the pandemic. I mean, as much as we were like, man, I wish they had crowds here. Um, it was the only thing going on for a little bit. You didn't have basketball. You didn't have football. You didn't have and and. No matter what, man, being able to shut your mind down and enjoy something is important. You know what I mean? And that's what wrestling has kind of given us over the years. And this is where Vince and 9/11, the, the post-9-11 SmackDown kind of was able to do that for, for us as well. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Okay. Let's get into the real thing, though. Pat McAfee by God's back. And he's fired up. Wearing a red, red, white, and blue suit. That's that's he's all. Amer- what? He's America. <laughs> he is America. Roman starts the show. He comes down. He's feeling himself. He he says uh that that WWE, I think he said WWE runs New York, which may have been a, a slight shout out to Arthur Ashe Stadium's AEW event. However, then mm-hmm. he says that he runs WWE, therefore he runs New York, therefore he runs the Garden, and then he tells the Garden to acknowledge him. I felt like that was really cool, and of course, boom, Brock's music hits. And Brock comes down and puts a big cramp in the whole party. As we get them nose to nose for a moment, then Roman backs up and the Usos get between them. And then Paul tries to speak to Brock about maybe chasing someone else's title. And Brock puts a, 
uh, wrench in the whole thing by saying, why didn't you tell Roman I was going to be at SummerSlam? That is about the time that Roman decides to get on out of there, leaves Paul to um, deal with this. Paul goes complete worm and introduces. Oh my God, how awesome was that, dude? That was, God. Dude, Paul freaking Heyman, man. Dude's a treasure. That garden crowd chanted Roman, chanted uh, Lesnar, um, chanted you effed up to the point that they had to shut the sound down for a minute when when Paul was was doing his thing looking terrified after uh-huh. they asked the after Brock asked the question um when when Brock cornered Paul in the corner when Brock got Paul into the corner and then was about to scoop him up they were chanting suplex city and yep. then of course so they're over the moon by all this as he's got Paul up for the for the F for that five, you get Roman with the Superman punch, but Brock eats that and kind of comes right back at him. And then he runs right through the Usos and they all leave. And both like in the super kick him in the face. Like both of them do. Then he runs through them. Brock. And then, yeah, dude, Brock was booked. Brock, which is probably what Brock would do if you put him in the ring with all three of those dudes. How terrifying does he look? He looks, um, well, your boy said it. Uh, McAfee was great all night, but he flat out said it. He said that if the aliens were coming down here and wanted to fight your champion, this is the man we would pick. And then as Roman and them backed away from the ring not wanting to engage any longer Pat McAfee said Brock Lesnar looks like he ate Brock Lesnar he's that big yeah when he uh, when he first got out there what did, what did McAfee say this is the apex human being right here or something like that too yeah top of the food chain well, he and he does look that way. You know what I mean? He is he's an incredible spe- specimen just in general, and right now he looks like he's just been getting after it in the gym. I don't know what he I don't I, there was a time you think well he can't get bigger. And then he does. I mean, and he looks like more defined and bigger, which again is a bit of an oxymoron. You know what I mean? Cuz usually you either yeah. get bigger or more cut up. You don't manage to accomplish both. Yeah. You know? <laughs> And even like, and Roman's a big, big boy, and he, you know, there he's he, dude. I think Brock was wearing boots too, but still, yikes. Anyway, so dude, at some point, Brock Lesnar is going to start doing DDP yoga, and at that point, he will probably be unstoppable. Correct, correct. When that moment happens, the tossing of bales of hay will no longer be the most important part of his, or or the. <laughs> what was it? <laughs> oh my god, I can't even remember who said it, but somebody was like, I feel like he just uh wrestles like uh you know, cattle in the <laughs> cattle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wrestles bulls out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally yeah. seemed 
Right, right. Okay, so then, of course, Paul winds up with his main nemesis, uh, Kayla, cornering backstage and asking him, you know, what Roman's going to say. And he says, you know, you'll find out on Roman's time. And Paul and her, he calls her a Jersey girl or hanging around like a Jersey girl. Paul and her have the best, like, I don't like each other chemistry ever. <laughs> yes. And it's so, so good. it's so great that he's always in a vulnerable spot when she is around. You know? It's always there at the right moment to, to make to make Paul's day worse. Right. Oh, yeah. And they, they've begun to realize that because as you get the segments on the show, now she's set up to be there every time something goes wrong. Okay. Yeah. Then, then and we, that it, Paul, man, he's put – that's Paul's way of putting her over, I think. I, I think he, he – Absolutely. I think they're – he thinks she's got – you know, she's got some good charisma. So – Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he does. The, the whole point is to make her a sympathetic figure, and then when she gets the upper hand, you get that weird pop right there. Uh huh. Because you, I pop for her every time she gets him. You know what I yeah. mean? Because it's hilarious. It's, it, yeah. Oh yeah. So Sami Zayn comes down in a New York Knicks jersey and I love New York pajama bottoms. As we get a ten man tag, and I felt like this was a great. Uh, it. It was something for the crowd, right? A 10-man tag, the old-school SmackDown style. Um, the guy from the box. Dude, I was I was getting there. That was clutch. Um, the tag teams, though, were Apollo, Sammy, um, Dolph, Rude, uh, Azir. And then the other team was the Mysterios, Shinsuke Boogs, and um, Big E. And mm-hmm. Sammy grabs a mic and says, I, I, in tribute to New York, being here at the Garden for the first time in two years, I'm bringing down a guy who knows how to win here in the Garden. And he brings down the foil of the playoffs for the Knicks, who had a very good basketball season until they ran into the Atlanta Hawks and Trey Young. Trey Young talked smack to the Knicks crowds during the games. Actually, one of the fans spit on him during the game, which was disgusting. And... um he put them away. It was fantastic placement. It was so out of the blue. Who would have thought of that to do it? Trey Young being willing to do something like that was great. Being willing to come in and be the heel. Um, little low-key thing that you wouldn't know if you don't watch basketball. Uh, the Knox jersey, that guy. Uh, Knox is a guy the Knicks fans want to get rid of. He hasn't panned out as a high draft pick. So everything Sammy Z did was thought up as a low-key way to get under their skin. And then finishing The man knows how to build heat. Finishing it with a high-key way. We have this great little fast-paced match where everybody kind of gets their sh- in, you know, and then as Mysterio is going for his 619, you have Sammy grab the legs, and we get a Trey Young Sammy Zayn combo, which I never thought we would get. Where Mysterio winds up near the rope, and Trey Young grabs him by the back of the head and chokes him on the rope, and the referee sees it and kicks and ejects Trey Young from yeah. a wrestling match. <coughs> Perfect. And then, of, and then, of course, we get uh, the Mysterio's combo 619 into the big ending. The heel gets pinned. Beautifully done. Big E gets to give a promo post all of this where he lets them know he's coming and he's not just coming for Paul and Roman. If he wants, 
if you have what he wants, he's coming. And you will feel his power was what he said. And I thought this was Dude, great. This is one of my favorite Biggie promos. Man, I enjoy it was short, it was sweet, it was to the point. I'm coming for you, you better protect your neck. Yes. I love protect your neck too. I, lo- I love somebody saying that. You know what I mean? It's got yeah. that it's got that feel, you know. Okay, so then Bianca what now? Old school East Coast. Right. We have Bianca Belair coming out looking like a million bucks. She uh, skips to the ring, doesn't have a care in the world. She knows she's getting that title back the minute she gets a shot. Um, it looks like Becky's not going to show up as Sonya and Pierce say, go ahead and sign that, and we, we got it whooped. You're, you're in the match. Um, which was kind of a setup for something that happens in a moment. Bianca gets to do a promo, which I thought she did well. She signs the contract. Beck's music hits. She comes down. Becky looks. I didn't know what she was going for. And my guy uh, said, oh, she's channeling Conor McGregor. And I was like, oh, right. And it totally made sense, right? The the big-ass fur coat. I I like Pat McAfee pointing out, though, Looking like Joe Namath. <laughs> yes. Yes. For all you kids out there who don't know who Joe Namath is, go look him go look him up, man. Make wear a fur coat. Joe Joe Namath was a moment in time. You know, in so many oh, ways. Because really? it was really just one year. You know, he, he catches lightning in the ball, his team gets hot, he wins the Super Bowl, he's the king of New York, he predicts the big win over over Johnny over uh, the Colts and you you have this moment but then he kind of he has knee injuries and he doesn't re- you know the Jets don't stay a great team and all that but for that little window that's the funny thing about being a champ in New York is if you get to be a champ in New York it doesn't matter if you did it for a long time because for that minute nope. for that minute you're the biggest thing in the biggest city in the world the Mets had it lightning in a bottle one year boom um you had, you know, the Giants have done it on multiple occasions, but a little bit apart. Um, it's it's a neat thing to be the champion here. They always talk about if you can win in New York, nothing else matters, you know. Yeah. Um, well, shoot, there are Knicks teams that never won it that are legendary because of the way New York fell in love with the John Starkses of the world and things like that, which is fun. Okay, I got. I'm sorry about that. So Becky comes out. Looking like a, a, a million bucks, but completely wrong. Like the glasses are way too big. The coat's bigger than she can wear. The, it's so perfect, right? It, it is it so. Is. It's like I'm betting she and Seth are now using the same tailor. If they start alternating coats, I'm all in. I'm down for this. I'm, I, I'm, dude, so good. I'm so excited that if Becky is a heel now, that they can put Becky and Seth together on the show a little bit, and that could be funny. Oh, of course, and it and it would be revenge on everybody who hated it when they were baby faces in together. They could go on a war path that would be just wonderful, right? Or for we'll get there. Okay, and so then she says, "What if I don't sign the contract? What are you gonna do?" And it's funny, Becky has done a great job of taking crowds that were like, "Well, we don't hate Becky, we just hate the fact that she won in twenty seven seconds." And she's taking all that 50-50 credit. Nobody in that crowd. Once she said, what if I don't sign this contract? What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Once she did that, nobody in that crowd, it was 100% Becky. 
Bianca Belair. It wasn't uh-huh. 4060. It wasn't 3070. And then she doubled down on that multiple times over the course of, the, of her promo, which was classic heel stuff, but worked completely. I'm going to do what I did again. Don't worry. It's all over. And she points out, I, you know, I was at home taking care of my child. You guys chanted my name every weekend. You called me when your show was ruined. When SummerSlam was ruined, you called me because you didn't have anything. And I come and saved your show. And you still and then you got a problem with that? I'm not the one who screwed up. She did. Right? And so then but the beauty of it is that is how you make what we considered a bad booking decision. Okay, because the, as long as all of this matters, none of it matters. There has to be the payoff. Becky has mm-hmm. to lose. Becky has to lose, or none of this matters. Exactly. But, but right it's now, enough, huh? they're getting it. They're pointing it to closer to the right direction. But uh, let's see if they can keep it off the rocks. Uh, I'm nervous. But it was great. And, and and the back and forth here was great. Bianca Bianca was perfect in a crowd, dueling Mike with the best. She you know what the most impressive thing for me was in the whole whole thing. What's that? When she threw the book at Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Threw the book at her at point blank range and she caught it and closed it. In one motion. Slap. Oh man. I hope if they didn't practice that, if that was just reflexes, man. Yeah. By the way, calling her Esther is the best. Because she's is. so not an Esther. Right? And oh my guy too. At five deuce four trace seven. He's the one who said the thing about the the Conor McGregor thing and all that. So that's who said that on Twitter. Um then we get on this day. How great is this episode so far? Right? Oh, just the, hot. Then we get on this day, and Edge is hitting the ring, and we get Rollins, Edge 2, and I thought this was incredible. Oh, man. The storytelling, the athleticism, the... Go ahead. You were going to say something. Go ahead. I'm saying, we got this on free TV. Free TV. Who gave this match away? This thing is amazing. Right. And you had Edge... Uh, this time it was a little different in that now Rollins is not attacking the neck at every at every turn. He's attacking the knee, right? And and he also then then as we get into the match he starts to move to the neck a little bit here and there, and then we he get, also attacks mind Kevin. <clears throat> of course, dude. When he kind of screwed, he didn't screw it up, but they didn't quite hit the um. The glam slam. Beth Phoenix's move, mm-hmm. Edge's wife's move. They didn't quite hit yeah. it perfect. And then he went right back to it and got it a second time. And it kind of worked both in like, well, I hurt him, but I didn't hurt him, hurt him. Uh-huh. And in I'm rubbing his face in the fact that I got his old lady's move in my move set right now. Uh-huh. Right. And he also went to several of Edge's moves. And then Edge came back with some stuff. And the pet, yes, that was perfect. As as Rollins stumbled into the pedigree, because he always does that quick as a cat thing when you when he, you pull him up and try to extend him on the rope, and he flips in a he flips and lands it. Uh-huh. 
This time he lands it and falls forward and, and walks right into a pedigree. Perfectly done. We have multiple, uh, like they, they roll around and try to get dueling cross faces and Edge gets him twice in it, but he's not willing to go, Seth's not willing to go away this time. Then we get a home stretch run. I, I'm, I'm not really emphasizing how good Edge was in this thing because he was very good in this thing. But then we get this home stretch run where Seth gets the advantage. Um, they, they they're they're tied up and the referee winds up kind of tied up with him and, and Seth purposely causes this. And then he get then you get the Adam Cole finish where he kicks him in the dingling, and then he kicks him in the leg, which puts him on the ground, and then he kicks him in the head. And then he kicks him in the head again. And then he kicks him in the head again. And, and Edge yeah. arises and stares him in the face. And he kicks him again. And he rises again. And, and, he, and Seth pulls at his hair and screams, why won't you die? And then he kicks him again. And on that one, he's got him to the point where he can step on his head. And he does it. And Kevin? As, yes. Well, Seth Rollins did that same thing too, just about. Who? The Fiend. Right. You so Edge is now back as The Fiend. That's my new... It's <laughs> my thing. Right. But if you remember, Edge said he went to a place he wasn't... He had not gone much before, right? And he actually went there in this match a little bit, but, but Seth was too close to the ropes. He started pounding Seth's head on the mat when he was going for the cross face. And, it, and the ring placement allowed that to be broken up, right? But here, Edge is out. They're, they're calling for medical assistance. And Seth is can't believe what he's done. He he falls back into the corner. He And we've seen him do this before, right? We've seen how this, this weird thing with Seth where he's willing to do anything to get what he wants. And then when he gets what he wants, there's no happiness there, right? Uh-huh. And you don't feel it. Yes, that's the thing, right? Because when they put Ed, when they put Edge in the ambulance, Seth is staring at all of that, and the and the announcer comes to him, the backstage interviewer comes to him and says, "Hey, you know, do you have thoughts? Like, what are you feeling right now?" And he and he says, "I I, I don't know." And he he stumbles around at what to say, and then he says, "Maybe I'm not feeling anything at all. Like like, what do you feel?" And he st- and he kind of staggers. It was a cool little scene. It was very. Um, there's this weirdness to Seth's character of. I'm, I'll do anything to be successful, but I know I shouldn't. Right, like I have to have the adulation. I have to have the success. I have to put these people away that are in my way, but yet. All of that is against who I should be, right? Which does kind of go back to... Doesn't that kind of go back in a weird way to the moment with The Fiend? Yep. You know what I mean? And how he was this goody-two-shoes, I'll-do-anything-to-win guy. I mean, I, I not I'll-do-anything-to-win guy. He was this goody-two-shoes, I-can-overcome-anything-through-effort guy. And then he turns away from that when he grabs the thing, uh, the the mallet, and hits the chairs and all that craziness at that hell of a cell, right? Okay, so I think that's neat, and I just it blew me away, right? That was a retirement worthy match, right? Like oh, I don't yeah. I don't think Ed should retire, but 
obviously Edge is on a limited amount of dates. He has to have some time off. It's good placement. He can get some time off, come back, be ready to go somewhere around Hell in a Cell probably, right? Isn't that what you do? You bring him back for Hell in a Cell? Him and Seth? I, I would think that would be the, the next, and then him and Seth have the third match. Right. Um, we have this great little segment backstage where Roman is inspiring the Usos to greatness. They leave, and then he talks to Paul, and he says, Paul, I saved you. And, yeah, of course you saved me. And he's like, what did you think about this back before? Because Paul looks like he's about to cry. Oh, yeah. Well, and the last question Roman asked him is like, you know, why didn't you tell me Brock was coming? And you see, and you, and Paul doesn't answer. And the immediate thing is, why didn't Paul say, you know, because I didn't know. And my point would be because he should have known. There is no good answer for Paul. That's the point. Paul cannot win. Right. Right. This is the sum because nobody can trust Paul Heyman. He is who he is. And if, and he's supposed to be super smart and ahead of the game, he's supposed to be the brain, you know, Bobby the brain kind of a, you know, either A, you're working with Brock Lesnar and you're going to betray me, or B, you're incompetent. Correct. Well, there's no where you did anything right. And finally, McAfee points that out throughout the match. Paul Heyman cannot win. It's the kind of thing that somebody that's really paying attention should notice, which you do. But now Pat is giving it to everybody else. You do understand what's going on here. Paul Heyman can't win. He can only lose. And and when Brock's gone, it's going to be the same thing. Right now, we get a fantastic banger of a match between these two teams, and oh my God. and the athleticism that both these groups have. Montez, he, he's just unreal. Um, but point being that <coughs> the finish is what matters here, even though the wrestling was great. And the finish is Montez jumps out of the sky. He's coming from the rafters. He lands on top of the USO, and it's over. But Roman attacks. He's not going to lose those belts tonight. His bloodline will not be diminished tonight. He grabs him. He chokes him out. And he chokes him out. It looks ferocious. He lets go. Well, of he, the, used, you know, he, he carries his, his guillotine. Sometimes he uses the arm in guillotine where he has his arm hooked under the guy's arm, mm-hmm. which isn't a guillotine. The one he used right there, the, the arm out guillotine, it, it does what he made it look like it does. It puts somebody to sleep like in a heartbeat. Almost lifting him off the ground when he was doing it. Oh, dude, yeah. that would, I can imagine what that would feel like. Right. Now, oh. now then he grabs a mic and says, I'm going to put this guy to sleep just as soon as I'm done putting Finn to sleep. And you think, oh, okay. I'm fired up by some Brock Lesnar and boom, we get the heartbeat and we get the demon and we get Finn come out. The first time we've seen the demon on SmackDown and Wow. Right? And then he's nose to nose with Roman. And Roman is probably going to go over to Fiend. He's probably going to go over Brock. And then somewhere in there, he's going to lose to Big E. And this is going to be an epic way to... This title reign Roman is putting together is epic. I almost don't want it to end. Because the stories of him versus so many things are so good. And he makes it so good. 
So for me, KP, from a guy Justin here, this has been a wonderful episode of SmackDown to talk about. This has been an episode of Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast, copyright 2021. Check out our friends at The Game Project. Check out our friends at The Daily Smart. Check out their app. Use their filters. Enjoy your wrestling. God, what a great wrestling we have right now across the planet. Just incredible. Okay, thank you, Justin. Yes, sir. Go home.